Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, January 19, 2021. And today we are reading in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 30, the fourth paragraph. We are like men who have lost their legs, focusing on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Team Tuesday, Susan H., Kathy S., Karen K., Nosa J., Sandy C., and our newcomer's reader, Deanna B., and our host for the second unrecorded hour, Maria F. The reference IDs for yesterday, January 18th, Monday, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 16,218. That's 16,218. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 16,219. That's 16,219. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Nosa J to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Nosa. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Nosa J, compulsive overeater from Houston, Southern Iowa. And, oops, sorry, one second. Okay, well, not working. Sorry about that. Um, okay, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over our food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
prayed only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Nelsa. I will now ask for Sandy C. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Sandy. Thank you. May I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Sandy C., Fall River, Massachusetts, recovered. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only re- three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Excuse me, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Sandy. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 30. The last paragraph, fourth paragraph, we are like men who have lost their legs. And I'm going to ask Susan H. to get us started. Go ahead, Susan. 
Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning. This is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful in Ohio. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. We have tried every imaginable remedy. In some instances, there been, has been brief recovery followed always by a still worse relapse. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. And what this paragraph says to me, what it reminds me of, is when I was um, <clears throat> looking for that way to become a normal eater. It was my fondest desire, and I followed, I followed just about every diet that came along. This time of year, you see a lot of them advertised. They're, they're all over because there are plenty of people like me out there. Science may one day do this, but it hasn't done so yet. But, you know, I am so grateful that where I'm at today, working this program, I don't have to keep looking. I don't have to constantly look because I have found a design for living that really works in rough going. Um, as long as I continue to do the work, I reap the benefits, and they are just unimaginable. It, it's a daily reprieve from the from the compulsive eating, but it's a relationship with a higher power that I just didn't know was possible for me. And uh, I'm very grateful to be here to be able to share that with my fellows. And uh, yeah, this life of sane and happy usefulness is wonderful. I'm very grateful. And I think that's all I have to uh, say. So I pass. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Susan H., for getting us started. Really appreciate you. Now, although we love to hear from everyone, if you have shared on Monday and or Friday, if you could please step back so we could hear from others, share their experience straight and hope, that would be greatly appreciated. So who would like to share on what was read? Adriana T. Adriana. Lisa B. Lisa B. Christina J. Reva P. Christina J. Reva P. Take a few more. Jen A. Jen A. Um, A. Roz G. I got Ann M. Roz G. I think I missed one other person. Teresa P. Teresa P. There we go. That's a good group right there. All right, so Adriana P., Lisa B., I'm Christina kidding. J., Reva P., Jen A., Ann M., Rob G., Teresa P. All righty, Adriana, you're up. Please go ahead. 
Adriana, I can't hear you. Press star one to unmute, please. Hi, this is Adriana. Sorry about that. Uh, thanks for your service today. This is Adriana T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, I'm so happy to be at the meeting today and share on this paragraph because it really gets me fired up because I realized that uh, Bill and the other uh, first 100 really wanted these type of paragraphs to be in here, like the last couple that we've read on the last few days, to really drill down on the fact that once you're alcoholic or compulsive overeater, there's no going back. Um, I think they wanted us to have this kind of pit in our stomach feeling that I'm backed into a corner here, um, that there is not a solution outside of this program that is going to turn me into a normal eater. And it really took a long time for me to get a solid step one. Um, like many others in the program, I sought all kinds of solutions and had all kinds of delusions why, you know, I thought it, how I thought I could do it on my own. And um, I really had to get to that rock bottom place where um, I knew nothing else was going to work for me. And truly, without having that solid foundation of a good step one, I'm not going to be able to do these steps the way they need to be done and mm -hmm. in the type of intensity to, you know, arrest this illness. And so, you know, I have to be reminded of this every day that, you know, when those little thoughts come up, oh, I'm doing so good, I've lost this much weight, oh, wait, wait, you know, this is what God has done for me, what I couldn't do for myself. And anytime I think I have any kind of weight solution or eating solution, no, that is a false solution. I work the actions in these steps. That's all I can do every day to have any kind of life that's anything close to normal. And um, I'm grateful for this program and grateful for, um, you know, God leading me on this path. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Adriana. Lisa B., you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service, for everyone that's here. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I was thinking about the lines. They have lost their legs, you know, being cut down, just being cut down by this disease. And it was the pain, you know, that did it for me. And we all have different levels. I, I can't compare my bottom to other people's bottoms. You know, mine might not seem as drastic as others. To others, it might be more drastic, but I know that my leg, I have lost my legs, but every morning I wake up and I can strap on new legs. And I know, I know that sounds so corny, but that's just always what comes to my mind. And, you know, learning how to be reoriented to living in the fourth dimension and being free and being connected with a, an infinite power, an infinite source that I've been able to lay hold of as a result of using the 12 steps, living in the 12 steps and the traditions and having a relationship with that power. Those are my new legs. And I love thinking and reading in the big book. It tells me that I am undisciplined. So I let God discipline and me discipline me in these ways, you know, and it's through the action steps. And I've been 
listening over and over lately the past two days to so many podcasts, to AA podcasts and to our wonderful OA podcasts on a vision for you. And I heard a saying, how do I know I've done my prayers? I look at where my feet are going. My feet always need to be moving, you know? So everything I say, it's not original. It's what I hear from other people. It's from the wisdom, the infinite wisdom that we get in this program that comes through us. You know, we become vessels where we carry this light, this message, this freedom, those are my new legs, you know, that I walk around on, that I stand on, that support me, that give me stability. But it's one day at a time. It's 24-hour period. What I did yesterday is not going to do it for me today. And when times get tough, I have to double up, you know, and do more of what what I do each day. I have to keep doing more of it when times get tough. But I'm so grateful for this relationship with this infinite power, for this new world that has come into view. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Lisa. Okay, we have Christina J. You have the floor. Please go ahead. Christina, press star one to unmute, please. Boy, that was interesting. Took a few times to unmute. Okay. Christina Jay from the state of Washington here. Um, these last, this yesterday and today have just been incredible. Of course, there's never a meeting that's not incredible. But Christina Jay from the state of Washington recovered for today. Um, neutral around food, but not neutral around my emotions yet. <laughs> I don't know if I ever will be, mm-hmm. but I'm working on it. Um, and God's helping me. So, yeah, um, I searched for a treatment for probably, I don't know, 60 years. Uh, The last two years I've been struggling in and out of relapse. Finally in July I had an experiential step one experience. And I heard, I didn't realize the gift of that. I've been hugely realizing the gift of that the last several days, last several weeks actually. And a fellow last night shared with me something she heard, which I've probably heard before, but then when I begin to think about my step one experience, it applies so beautifully, and I just was so grateful to God all night and crying and thanking him. Um, willingness leads to grace. And my step one experience was all about willingness, a willingness that I didn't know I had to walk away from that last binge right when I was about to reach for it. I was smelling it. I was about to go, and I just dropped my head. I said, I can't do this. And I walked away. I took some further action, and this was willingness. This was God. And I still get goosebumps thinking about it, but searching for years for something. And even when I joined in Division in 2014, uh, I still didn't get it. I didn't have it. I didn't have the step one experience. I thought I did. I was powerless over food. My life was unmanageable, yada, yada, yada. I just didn't get the spiritual aspect. I went on a white-knuckling routine for, for, for a while, and then um, the relapses brought me to the place where I knew that I just I wasn't getting it. I couldn't figure it out. Um, so, yeah, every imaginable remedy, diets, uh, supplements to change my brain chemistry. Uh, I, I never was, I never, my whole life it's been a relapse, relapsing in and out of diets. Uh, I, I am a, I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I don't think I ever had brief recovery because recovery to me is not just the food. It's the spiritual aspect. It's recovery from myself. True recovery for me is that twofold recovery, uh, physical, emotional, spiritual, I guess. It's threefold sometimes. But, um, yeah, I, I just, um, I'm amazed, and I love this chapter because it 
when we get to this with my sponsees, it just pounds home again and again and again the idea. There's no such thing as making us normal eaters. We are compulsive overeaters, um, those that know they are here on the line today. I don't believe science will ever accomplish it because, you know, they're constantly trying to find pills to help us, but um, those are just false hopes because it's a spiritual condition mm. that there's no pill that's going to make you spiritual. <laughs> there's no pill that's going to open your heart to higher power. I mean, maybe back in the 70s when they were using LSD, but then you had to come down and you had to back to reality. <laughs> so thank you very oh, much God. for letting me share. I love you guys, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Sorry, sometimes I forget I'm unmuted. <laughs> okay, I'm going amen. Yeah, all right, okay. Reva P, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The words that are hitting me this morning are never and no. And I don't like the word no. When somebody tells me no, uh, I actually want to do the opposite of what they're telling me no about. So never means at no time, not in the past, not in the future, on no occasion, not ever, not at all. And, you know, I liked this paragraph when I first read it, when I came into program, and I like it now because I don't listen to no. <laughs> and it's telling me in every paragraph my ideas, my false beliefs have to be smashed um, over and over and over again. Um, and I heard the analogy, and it's so silly, but it really struck me that if I am a cucumber and I am now a pickle, there's no going back. I cannot make a pickle into a cucumber. You know, if I put certain drugs in my system, my body has a physiological reaction. I can will till the cows come home. I'm going to have that reaction. And that's what this is telling me. It's telling me more truth about alcoholism. It's telling me about the ism. It's telling me that even though I'm going to hear the truth, I can wake up in the morning and unless I do my spiritual fitness work, I'm going to believe the lie. I'm going to start saying, maybe, maybe this, maybe that. Um, and the difference after working the steps is I recognize the lie. Um, so I am so grateful that this is telling me more truth. It's telling me I'm going to try. Here, I'm going to try everything every imaginable remedy. I'm going to try over and over and over till I learn from experience that there is no such thing as making me a normal eater. And that means I cannot use normal remedies. I can't use the diets. I can't use the normal treatments out there because my problem is different. It needs a different solution. So I'm so grateful. He repeats the same thing every paragraph. No, no, no. And then despite all the no's, I will believe the lie unless I access power that gives me the ability to see the truth, see the true from the false. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P. Okay, Jen A, you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for your service today. Uh, my name is Jen A. I'm recovered here in Colorado. Um, normal, what's normal? I was never normal. But I will tell you that I did try everything imaginable, every remedy that I could. 
I remember back in the doctor's opinion on the first page, it says, um, the doctor says he personally knows scores of cases who were of the type with whom other methods had failed completely. And that's where I stopped. And I did this exercise and I wrote down every single method that had failed me completely. So either 65 that land on that page in my big book. You know, I tried everything. I tried restricting and laxatives, diet pills, fat freezing. I even tried counselors and doctors, HCG, um, you know, drinking just water, eating just apples, the micronutrient diet, the elimination diet, health coaches, allergy testing, acupuncture. I tried it all, right? Mm -hmm. And the list goes on and on and on. And I did have that brief recovery for a period of time. But then my disease got progressively worse, right? It's permanent, it's progressive, and it's fatal. It is going to kill me. And the relapse kept getting worse. I kept going back. I kept eating more of my alcoholic ingredients. I kept slipping back into those bad behaviors and those bad ways because I can't stop it. That's what the doctors taught me, right? He can't. He says, I can dry you drunks out, but I can't keep you sober, right? So you can, you can put me on a diet and you can help me lose weight, but you can't keep a girl like me skinny. And that's what I found out. That's what I found out by being in this program of Overeaters Anonymous. You all taught me that. You know, this is treatment. That's human aid. That's what it says. Human aid is not going to save my bacon today. That's what I know. If human aid could save my bacon, then I wouldn't need this book. I wouldn't need to get on this line every morning. I wouldn't need to spend all weekend at the birthday party. I wouldn't need to do any of that. No, but for me to eat is to die. I know that. I've heard the stories of relapse in my life. Last night, three weeks ago, the people that are closest to me and that I love are relapsing in this disease. So today for me, I'm not, I am recovered, but I am not cured. By God's grace, I'm merely seeking a deeper connection with divinity, right? Lay down the food, and I lay down my life for God. That's what I've been taught today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen. Okay, Anne M., you are up. It's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, Amy. This is Anne M. here from Ireland, Recovered Compulsive Outreacher. You can hear me okay? I can hear you. Please go ahead. Brilliant. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much for your service. Yeah, I love this paragraph. And uh, it's such a powerful paragraph. You know, it's read out at some meetings at the start. And uh, I love the part, you know, lost their legs. And that part never, never grow new ones. It just really brings it home to me. It's permanent. And just like Jen shared there, it's permanent, it's progressive, and it's fatal. Gosh, that is a handful and a mouthful. But, uh, you know, I have to know what I'm dealing with to take it so seriously. And I do. And, uh, you know, it says no treatment, no treatment. You know, nobody's come up with the treatment and you have to really believe it's not curable. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't work this every single day because I only have it for one day. Um, yeah, and tried every, every being so, you know, prominent there, every imaginable, imaginable. We come up with all sorts. And, uh, yeah, and being out of ideas, and there are the two things. You have to know it's permanent. You have to know it's fatal. And also, we have to know that, you know, there's no cure. There is no cure. We tried them all. They don't work. Um, and there's a little bit of peace, I think, in that for me. I know that there is nothing else other than the higher power that can restore me to sanity. 
and not pick up the food. Um, yeah, followed by still worth relapse. That word relapse scares me so much. I did relapse in 2014, very short period, but it was so painful. But, you know, just to realize, you know, realizing that I didn't have a spiritual connection. I was so overwhelmed with being abstinent that I thought that was the, the answer, being abstinent. But, uh, yeah, and it just really brings it home to me that, you know, when you get to that stage, you know there's two alternatives, not choices. That it's either the food or it's picking up this, this kit of spiritual, the toolkit, which is basically our, 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 our toolkit to find a higher power. That's what it is, a chisel and hammer to find our higher power. Um, yeah, and I just, you know, I work with physicians and I definitely don't agree that they know when they have a clue. They don't know. And uh, they think if you stop drinking, you're just being selfish, put it down. They don't have you know, the back the background and understanding that we only us only us addicts know it's a spiritual malady with a physical allergy and a mental obsession. And unless it's a, unless we can get through and get you know, unblock, connect and, and have a spiritual awakening, which is really the sunlight of the spirit, the full rays of sunlight, you know, we're not gonna get well. And it is a daily reprieve and I am so grateful to have that today. I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for your service again, Katie, with that I pass. Thank you so much, Anne. Okay, Roz G, you are up. And just a friendly reminder, we are on page 30. The last paragraph, we are men, like we are like men who have lost their legs on that one paragraph only. Roz G, you are up, followed by Teresa T, and then we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Roz. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. And um, I have, as I was listening to the shares, I had some visuals come into my mind. I'm a real visual learner. But also, as the other share, another share person said, the words that popped out to me were never, any, always worse, no such thing, and I'm not a normie. And no such thing, like there's no such thing as Santa Claus. I can fantasize about that, but, the, you know, like I can fantasize about all these different remedies, but there's, for me, there's no such thing. And I'd like to share that my la- my last diet, professional diet, was Jenny Craig. And uh, that was about maybe five or six years ago. I don't remember, but I lost weight on Jenny Craig. And um, I started getting more serious about uh, my needing and, and, the, and the food and uh, the ingredients. And I asked the lady, I was sitting in one of the, the client the office, you know, the, you have these little counselors there. And I said, is there any sugar? In? And she said, well, unfortunately, all of the, almost all of our things have sugar in them. And so I went off of Jenny Craig. And um, I had still worse relapses after Jenny Craig. Um, but if, and, and, you know, I got a message from Jenny Craig just the other day on my phone. Hi, this is Jenny Craig calling. We're here calling to let you know that we have a brand new plan. If Jenny Craig had worked, they wouldn't be leaving me messages. Roz, Roz, can yes. we not do outside names, outside names, oh. outside issues, please? That would yes, be great. I'm sorry. No Sorry, problem. everybody, but I hear other people doing that, so I just figured I could. I'm not saying that with anger. I just figured I could. 
Understood. Okay, so understood. Thank you. All right, my bad. So the last thing I want to say is I'm going to mention something else. Uh, is I had a visual of of the movie Forrest Gump and how Lieutenant Dan lost his legs, and uh, he was angry at God and he had a fight with God <laughs> on the boat with a storm. And I, and, you know, and he made his peace with God. And I too, I fought with God about this. And at the end of the movie, uh, he walks up to the wedding and and Forrest says, Lieutenant Dan, you have new legs. <laughs> And, uh, you know, my new legs are the big book. My new legs are recovery in this program, uh, vision for you meetings. Uh, Overeaters Anonymous are my new legs and a food plan that works for me. And I don't fight with God anymore. I've made my peace with God. It's God's will, not mine. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Roz G. Okay, Teresa P., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, I'm Teresa P., a recovered compulsive overeater, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from California. And uh, I love that uh, phrase, men who have lost their legs. You know, and I need to see that and hear that because, you know, people don't grow new legs after they're, you know, after they're gone, cut off, lost, whatever, you know, you just, you don't grow new ones. And, uh, and it just reminds me of my insanity one more time when I tried another diet, diet after diet after diet, trying to be uh, like everybody else, what I thought everybody else could be. And I, I tried this from I remember as far back as I can remember being drawn to the refrigerator. I like it felt like a magnet. I'm just like, mm, you know, and it was the, that 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 cake in there, and just you know, I know I shouldn't touch it, but I couldn't stop myself. So you know, so I and as a little kid, I'm doing these. I'm looking in these magazines, you know, for these diets and a woman's day, whatever they were, you know, looking for these these diets and trying them and reading them and even seeing how the people you know, relapsed and gained weight back. But then, then they did it again. And uh, and I tried it, and it never worked. I mean, it might work for an hour. It might work for a couple hours, a couple of days, you know, a couple of weeks or a month or whatever. But it never worked. It never worked. But I kept trying. You know, there's, you know, what what, what am I going to do? And, and uh, the weight kept coming on more and more. And uh, so that disease, this disease, I have to claim it because it's a it's a part of me is permanent, progressive, and fatal. I have never not had this disease, and I will always have this disease. Mm. And it's progressive. I mean, I've seen over my lifespan how it has just gotten worse, and things that had not yet happened to me, there is not yet. And then it does. And I go, oh my gosh, it does. And then fatal, I, I darn near died from this disease, and I spent years as the walking dead, wishing I was dead, suicidal, just, you know, the, you know, the kids couldn't keep me here on earth, you know, looking into the cabinet for the easier, softer way. And going to church and praying to God and so hopeless and wondering, what, what, what is going on here? I mean, I just, I just felt so, so dead inside. Uh, but that's what I needed to get into program. And then 25 years ago, somebody told me, and I'd already been in uh, another 12-step program, and 
and they said they were going to go to Overeaters Anonymous, and she weighed more than me. And I thought, really? You know, there's a. I knew I knew twelve steps works, and so I got to my first OA meeting, and and I was so grateful to learn I had a disease. It's just like here's the answer, and I hear the buzzer, and it's just like the point is is that the disease is permanent, progressive, and fatal, and recovery is ongoing and works. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Teresa. Okay, so we're on page 30, fourth paragraph. Who else would like to share? If you haven't shared on um, Monday Barbara or Friday, please go ahead. Linda D. Barbara. Donna G. Katie K. Donna. Donna C. Donna. Okay, I got Barbie. Loretta I think I missed a couple people. Um, might have time for one more. Who did I miss? I missed a couple other people I missed. If you'd like to chime back in, please. Melissa G. Okay, Melissa. Alrighty. All right, let's go with that and then see what we got left. Okay, Barbara E, Hoodie R, Donna C, Loretta H, Melissa G. Okay, Barbara E, you're up. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service and for every share that I heard before you. This is such a powerful chapter, not just a paragraph. Um, and, of course, the allusion to losing their legs, um, very, very visual. If I were going to rewrite the title, and who am I to do it, I might say the truth about alcoholism because I had the obsession that someday, somehow, I'd be able to control and enjoy my eating. Now, I have to tell you my history. I was born a compulsive overeater. My parents were not. They didn't know what to do with me. I wasn't morbidly obese but they had to send me to the Chubbett shop, if you're familiar with that name, in Manhattan. And I hated that term. But as I grew older, I grew bigger and more shame-based about how, how I looked. When I uh, babysat in New York City in an apartment house, I think somewhere they had a sign hidden with my picture and a slash, don't hire this girl. She eats everything in the house. And I did. And then when I grew up, I went to all those pay and way and other um, programs that I know now, not to mention. And they all worked, but not for me, because I would lose the weight. It would take me a year, over 100 pounds, and then gain it back within six I had 12 sizes in my closet. I wore washcloths around my thighs, sweat shields under my arms. I had to, be, I had to go from a three-floor three, uh, uh, school to a one-floor school because my knees hurt so much I couldn't make it up the stairs. Nothing worked until 1997 when my Ebby named Betty brought me into the room and said, I think there's a new diet called OA. And I said, great, I'm all in for a new diet. 
I didn't know there was a three-legged stool and I'd need to be balanced on all of them. But they said, as we've heard, stay for six uh, meetings and if you're still unhappy, we'll refund your misery. So I stayed for six meetings and six meetings more in this and six meetings more turned into 24 years of abstinence, neutral around the food that used to call me. Our store looks like a confectionery store in our house. But just as I wouldn't steal a Monet from the Sorry. Museum of Modern Art, I wouldn't steal their food. It's not mine. I need a program. I need you. And I need these steps of recovery so that I can be a better person today than I was yesterday and an even better person tomorrow. But it's work. But we're worth it. We're not junk. God doesn't make junk. Thank you, I pass. Okay. Thank you so much, Barbara. For the R, please go ahead. Good morning, Amy G. This is Hoodie Aaron, recovered compulsive overeater. And um, if I'm familiar, we are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones, right? Yes. And um, when I read this, we are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. And in the past year, I've been, um, you know, going through some things in my personal life. And um, this paragraph really hits home to me that we are not, I, I never really got, we are not like a man who has lost their legs, you know, whether it is due to, um, they, lo- they lose their legs. They're not trying to regain that loss of legs. It's not, they, they um, you know, if they're going to be convinced, they have to be convinced that, you know, I lost my leg, like uh, their leg got cut off for various reasons. And they're going to try and do exercises and therapy in order to strengthen the other parts of the body and to be able to bring a prosthetic leg so that they could walk like normal men. And the same thing with me is that, you know, I have I have to come to that acceptance and I have to accept that, you know, yeah, there are some things within me that are going to be different now. And um, I, cannot, I cannot do things that I once was. I lost that ability to choose. Um, in, in, in regards to my food, there are some things that I cannot eat, and I'm never going to be able to go back to that. Or and um, and I'm and I'm no longer trying to go to go back to that. And for so long, even in OA, I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to stop for a while, and then I'm going to get back on track, and then I'm going and and then when I'm back on track, then I go back to the way it was. And that's not the case today. Today, except my disease. I have a disease. I have a physical allergy and a mental obsession, and that is why I have to pursue these steps and keep on growing and keep on learning. And um, and 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 in that way, I could work on accepting what I have and move forward with that. I'm never going to get what I was before. So now I have these tools. I have these a discipline program of recovery. I have these 12 steps that help me to be the guardrails that I could walk a free man and a free woman. And um, I'm so, so grateful for the vision for you. I'm so grateful for these 12 steps that had given me a life beyond my wildest dream, a life that I could, 
you know, continuously grow um, away from the food and towards um, my purpose in this world. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Hoodie. Okay. Donna C., you have the floor. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Donna G. Um, uh, oh, D, in, sorry. That's okay. G in Pennsylvania. Um, grateful to be recovered for today by God's grace. Um, so grateful. I heard this paragraph and I remember, well, I remember the first time I heard it, the the without legs. I I had such a reaction and I just felt led to share today because um, literally uh, losing my legs is what my rock bottom um, became. So for me, I uh, believe with all my heart that uh, my higher power, who is God, knew, my creator, knew that there was nothing short of this sort of fear of losing my legs and then losing my life eventually uh, that would get me into the rooms. And um, I, he gave me the gift of diabetes uh, when my um, – when my disregard for, uh, you know, I, the way I looked, um, the way I felt, all of that, none of it, none of it mattered. Um, what happened was it was so uncontrolled with my binges that I was afraid to give myself enough insulin to offset the binges. And I would go to bed with such extreme high levels of um, glucose. I mean, it was that my, my numbers were off the chart. But I was so afraid that if I gave myself enough insulin, I would die in my sleep from um, crashing so low. And so I would wake up in the morning and my legs would be numb. I could not, they would be cramped or they would be numb and I could not get up and function. I could not get up and get ready for work. And my terror was that um, not even so much that I was going to die first is that I was going to lose my legs and it wasn't a vanity thing. Um, okay, I'll do without legs as long as I can have my food. Um, it was, I won't be able to work. That was a terror for me. If I can't work, I'm a single parent. You know, my family, my family will, you know, they won't have what they need. We'll be homeless. Um, and that terror is what got me to, you know, got my attention and so it's just very interesting to me, um, this metaphor, but for me, it was a very real thing, the fear of losing my legs. Um, and also that my doctor kept telling me over and over, you know, you could, you could reverse this. You, she, she would say reverse, and what I heard in my head is I would get rid of the disease. And I'm grateful to say I reached a normal body weight and I don't have to take insulin. By God's grace, by God's um, mercy, I am recovered. But I still have the diabetes, and you know, there's so there's so many theories about that. But I'm just grateful. I am grateful. That's why I always say Donna G, as in grateful. I am grateful. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Donna. Okay, Loretta H, you're up. Good Please morning. go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Amy, and good morning, my fellow travelers. This is Loretta H. in Raleigh, and I thank all of you on the line who saved my life every day. 
I had an experience with this. We are men who have lost their legs. And thank God I was in recovery when it happened. Um, my brother-in-law um, lost one of his legs to diabetes and then uh, happened to, um, was told that he was going to lose his other leg and he committed suicide because of that. And it, this really brings home to me the tragicness of our disease and the tragicness of um, not being in recovery. And I was so grateful that I was in recovery at the time because um, it just made me realize how grateful I am for um, working this program and knowing, therefore, the grace of God go I. I um, also, as everybody has shared, tried very many methods of trying to um, arrest, or not even arrest, stop the disease. Um, and the word die is in the word diet. I took my first job in 1968 because it had a weight restriction. I even used alcoholism as part of, because I was a bulimic drunk. I used uh, running the New York City Marathon. I tried everything. My company sent me to um, an eating disorder specialist and nothing, nothing worked until 2001 when I came in the room. And my Evie basically directs, she was a nutritionist, directed me with the food and with the big book. And then I found my um, understanding of higher power. I don't understand them to this day, but I stand under them because I know that this is the only thing that a wretch like me will have her life saved by. And from my powerlessness to my awakening, today I practice these principles in all our affairs. And it's interesting, I listened to the um, special edition on um, Sunday, on Sunday, and I realized, and this is, I've been in the program for a long time, I realized that trust is an action, and I can have all the faith in the world, but I must carry that trust into all my affairs, not just, and that's his will. His will is, um, you know, direct my thinking, and my actions are my life, and that in my life today I must trust. So um, today I won't die, thank God, because I won't be on a diet, and I will walk a free man, as somebody else shared, into the sunlight of the spirit. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta. Melissa G., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, um, this is Melissa G. from Michigan. <clears throat> thank you for your service and for everybody who shared. Um, I really appreciate it. And I think what I appreciate most about when I hear um, everyone share on the lines is in this line, it says that we will never be like other men. Um, but when I hear you guys, I don't feel so alone, so odd, so different than everybody else. And when I hear the recovery, then I know if it happened for you, it could happen for me. Um, you know, with surrender, working the steps, and I'm just so grateful for it. Um, I think back over my eating history, and um, you know, I've said it before, the up and down, the loss of the same 100 pounds, and how humiliated I always was when I was back up and then some um, from where I started, um, where it says that still worse relapsed. And even now in my head, when I like, I can 
for a minute gets caught up in a certain food and I start thinking about it, and never in my head do I even think I'm going to eat it like a normal person. I already know I'm going to eat all of it. And um, what I really had to come at peace with is that although I'm never going to be like other men and women, and that's okay, um, that recovery has to be more important to me than the food. Um, and when I look back on when I have relapsed in the past, it was because I, I just, I thought, you know what, recovery is not worth it. Um, so today I'm grateful to hear the recovery in your guys' voices. And um, I get so much from these meetings. And I just, I thank you for, um, you know, sharing a piece of yourself with me each day. So thank you. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much, Melissa. Okay, so we have time for one more share, exactly three minutes. Who would like to take us out? Crystal P. Maria S. Crystal P. Please go ahead. Crystal, go ahead. Did I not get that ring right? Hi, sorry, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you now. Oh, great. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P. from Toronto, Compulsive Overeater. When I read these lines, you know, we are like men and women who have lost their legs. It sounds like a tragedy. But when I was thinking about this morning, it's like, it's not a tragedy. It's actually like the beginning of a superhero movie, you know, where, where they lose their legs and they think, oh, no, this is going to be it. But the truth is that in recovery, you know, before the, in the disease, I, without the disease, I just had normal human legs. In the disease, I have no legs. But in recovery, I get to have like super bionic, basically God's legs. My, I get to upgrade my human legs to divine legs. God walks for me. And for me, like, I realized that's not a tragedy. That is an amazing gift and a power that I receive. I get to look at this whole world in a totally different way from all of my peers, in a way that's peaceful, in a way that's purposeful and meaningful. And I never had that in, even before, even if I never had the disease, you know, and I'm so grateful for that. And what I realized is with that power comes great responsibility, as, you know, a famous superhero's uncle says. Um, and all that means is with these bionic legs, I have to use them for good. I have to give my gift away to other people and bring joy and happiness to the people in my life and, and share my recovery with other compulsive overeaters. And I'm so grateful today that losing my legs is not a tragedy because they get replaced by divine legs that I get to use for good. And I'm so grateful for that today. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Krista. That's a great way to take us out. So we have, now it's about 30 seconds, so I think we're going to wrap things up. Okay. I'd like to thank everyone who shared for an awesome meeting. Please join us for a second um, unrecorded hour of study immediately following. The share ID for today is Tuesday, January 19, 2021. The share ID is 16,224. That's 16224. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Kathy S., if you could please read that for us, that would be great. I sure can. Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.